Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. They only go after Oh are my work, god. They're, they're working in construction? Uh, no, <laughs> they, they work in security. <laughs> or oh, jewelry. Oh my god, I Wait, guess. Natalie, you have to do your accent. Wait, whenever she tells people her name, pronounce her name in like Israel. Natalie. 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 My name is Natalie. No, Natalie. you say it somewhere. Millie. 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 Natalie. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Prison Girl Podcast. Natalie's taking a selfie right now. We're in the studio. Um, well, a group, a selfie of both of us. I'm making a her selfie. Sound. It's not a selfie. You make me sound so vain. I do, uh, Hi, guys. Welcome back to Prison Girl Podcast. <laughs> we just finished recording with Kevin Nahai, and he's a really, really, really smart and funny and like just open-minded persian guy well he's also like a mentor and a writer and like a bunch of things but i mean he'll introduce himself after this and we talk what did we talk about we talked about a lot of stuff um we talk about natalie dropping bombs no well, like the, so the subject bombs. of it is is dating and i we wanted like a a male perspective yeah. but he's a very different type of male he's a whole different breed um, no, but I, I think, think like, you guys will like a lot of what he has to say. He's like, very we honest. keep thinking because of what he was saying, like, oh, wow, that's so rare that he's like that. Oh, that's so rare. But like, maybe it's not so rare. Maybe we just all keep Millie, it's definitely rare, rare. At least in New York, it's rare. Like, yeah. I don't know many guys around like these parts that think the way he thinks. <laughs> these parts. That's very <laughs> true. Well, enjoy the episode and we'll see you guys next week. And we're live in five. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, thank you both so much for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm glad I've gotten to get to know you guys a little bit. Um, my name is Kevin Nahai. I'm 27. I am a Persian Jew from L.A. I was born and raised in L.A. And I am a speaker and a writer. And I have a mentorship program where I work with people one-on-one. And I work on emotional, psychological wellness issues. So, you know, I talk to people a lot about what's going wrong in their life, what they would like to change. That could be anxiety or depression. It could be relationship issues. It could be career, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I work mostly with people um, around our age group, basically between like 20 and 30 and uh, try to help them as much as I can. 
I think it's so funny that so many Persians are working in mental health. Well, yeah, because we we need to like diagnose ourselves. Crazy fucking <laughs> race of people. Yeah, that that is interesting. I was not at all involved or kind of affiliated with the Persian community in LA at all until like fairly recently. Like maybe within the last year, I started meeting people in the community and stuff like that. I've noticed that as I've sort of met more people and become a little bit more involved, I've noticed that there's a really large interest in mental health and there's a lot of therapists and there's a lot of people who, you know, buy books and attend seminars and things like that. So on the one hand, yeah, it is kind of a messed up community, but on the other hand, I see a really big push to reverse that, which is very interesting. Um, and to answer your question, I, I wasn't really involved because um, I went to a small private school in West L.A., which was all white people. And then for college, I went to USC where there are a lot of Persians, but they all sort of hung out together and I, was, I wasn't really like in with their mm-hmm. community. So I didn't get the opportunity to sort of um, penetrate that circle. So basically, from kindergarten all the way through the end of college, actually all the way through the end of graduate school, I didn't really have many Persian friends other than like my cousins. Um, Interesting. So over the course of the last year or so, as I've started to meet people in the Persian community here in LA, it's been a really like interesting, um, eye-opening experience for me. Why do you think that you were able to infiltrate it now? Did you change or did they change? Well, I, I haven't been able to infiltrate it in the sense that one, it hasn't been my goal to like go and become part of this community. Mm -hmm. I've, I've just, um, I've just met people and attended some parties and attended some events and things like that. But two, I also haven't been able to infiltrate because a lot of people in the community aren't particularly welcoming to newcomers. Not that they've been, they've outwardly said like mean girls, like you can't sit with us. But, you know, if you didn't like go to Beverly Hills High School and kind of grow up here with all the Persians, you know, it takes a while for them to like kind of warm up to you and and kind of like accept that there's somebody, you know, hanging around now that they don't already know. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like me and Natalie have that luxury where like we did grow up actually around so many Persian people, but neither of us were in Persian circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, even if I go to a party or something and I meet Persian people, they're like, not whatever, like other Persian girls are like, wait, who are you again? Or like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like I'm they they look at you differently and they speak at you differently, speak to you differently because it's like you you don't frequent their you know what so it's like you're kind of this other tier i don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing i used to think it was a bad thing but i don't know yeah i i think we're just not part of it but i mean yeah i would definitely say i'm not part of it by choice oh def yeah yeah I'm, that's i think we're all and like kind now, of on now that now that we're older a lot of girls i know that were always very much in that community and their friends were only persian girls now that they got older they're like oh my god like i needed to branch out like i found myself a new group of friends like i couldn't handle the fakeness i couldn't handle like the pettiness like 
a lot of people who used to be very like only persians like only persian friends only persian circle like really like branched out of that when they got older and like matured and were like i need something else yeah i mean i see that a lot with persian girls but like kevin i was asking you do you think that's like a trope with persian men as well have you experienced that well i was about to say i i I can't talk poorly about the persian community because you know i didn't grow up in it and it and i haven't like been betrayed by people in it and i haven't you know you know like the experiences you're having where you're saying the girls are fake or they you know they're catty or you know whatever whatever like i haven't had too many of those experiences for me to be able to state a negative opinion of the community at large Mm -hmm. but as an outsider i have witnessed several things that for better or worse are different than what i thought like when i went in when i when i started meeting people in the persian community men and women I had a certain expectation, I had a certain like preconceived notion, and that was definitely shattered. Like I, I, as I say, for better or worse, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not here to be the judge, but it was very, very different than what I thought I was getting into. Would you ever date a Persian girl? (laughs) Millie's just just jumping right into it. (laughs) Millie doesn't tiptoe into things. She (laughs) fucking dies. It's good. Go, go dive into it uh yeah sure i would have, have you, you? <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah. um ha- have, i haven't been in a serious relationship with one but i've gone on dates with several yeah can you point out things that are different when going on a date with a persian girl in regards like as opposed to going on dates with anyone else like how they act how you act towards them um I don't act any differently towards them, probably out of naivete, because <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what I'm supposed to do that's different. Um, but we I can had, teach you. Th- yeah, thank you. That would be helpful. <laughs> thank uh, you. But you know what? Like, I was never into dating Persian girls when I was in college and stuff. I was always like, oh, no, that's, you know, that's not for me, whatever. I was like that guy that's like, oh, no, I'm not going to date a Persian girl. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, well, maybe that maybe I'm being stupid. And, you know, maybe it would be nice to, like, marry someone who understands my culture and, you know, can't like has a big family and we can tell funny jokes in Farsi and like have that sort of commonality. So then I started, you know, trying to date a, a few Persian girls. And yeah, I've had really nice experiences with some of them. But um, in ter- but. You know, of course, like with dating anybody, I've had some bad experiences. But it's funny because the bad experiences that I've had, three of them have all been about the same thing, um, which I thought was, you know, kind of a coincidence at first. But then I realized maybe there's a theme here. And I was just telling one of my best friends about this last night. All, all three of the women that I went out with and then it ended up not going anywhere the reason it ended up not going anywhere is that they said to me in not so many words that they are worried that I don't have enough money mm. about, you know, in terms of where I am in my life right now. Whoa. And, uh-huh. you know, just, just being completely candid, I'm 27, I'm no millionaire. You know, like, I have money saved and things like that, but I'm not working on Wall Street 
you know, making 300 grand a year or whatever, just in my bonus alone. Now, the way that I feel about myself is that I'm a very driven, ambitious, motivated person. And one day I'll be very wealthy. And I would like to find a woman who I can build that with, you know, a a person that we come together when we don't have as much as we want and we build a life together and we buy a home together and, you know, we, we build wealth over time. And I've always thought that, you know, a, a good relationship is one that starts when the two of you have less than you do later because you build it together. And three of the girls that I went out with all expressed to me, like, that's nice, but I want to be with somebody who has that right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't fault or blame anyone for that. You know, everybody's allowed to want what they want. But it was a bit of a blow to my ego because it was an ass- yeah. it was an assumption about first of all my financial state. You know, like I'm not homeless. You know, I have some money. <laughs> of course. And in addition to it being, I'm not homeless. Yeah, but listen, for a Persian girl, if you're not a billionaire, you might as well be homeless. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and and when you say would I date a Persian girl, like yes, I would because I know they're not all the same, and some of them are really like humble and different and you know, have different values and things like that. But the money thing was a theme for sure. Um, And it, you know, guys, we always talk about how hard it is for women in dating and there's so much pressure and expectations and things like that. But I would just like to say, like, it's very difficult for men too. Like, there's a huge amount of pressure to be financially stable, to, you know, have... To, to feel like you can provide for a family even before you're dating someone. Like, it's not it's not easy to be a guy in that sense. Do you think that's why guys, they marry later? Like, do you think maybe it's not because they just want to, like, fool around longer and, like, party, but it's actually because they need more time to become financially stable? Like, what do you think? Well, I think there are two types of men to answer that question. Type one is the kind that I am, where... What you want is a woman in a relationship that's going to stay by your side as you build your wealth. You want to find somebody when you are... Who's like your partner. Who's your partner. Somebody that you're starting out and you build it together. And it may take longer to find that person and they need to take a leap of faith that you're not a bum and that you're going to make it, Mm -hmm. you know, but somebody who really sees that in you and believes in you. And you also have to have the confidence in yourself that you're going to make it. And that's tough. So that takes definitely a certain level of like faith in yourself. And that's the kind of person that I am. And that's the kind of relationship that I want. Type two is the guy who thinks he has to be, and he might be right. You know, I'm not married, so I don't know. But type two is the guy who, who thinks he has to be financially stable and he has to be where he wants to be before he can get married or find someone. You know, and that means having a house. It means having the cars. It means having five or ten years of a stable career under his belt. And those are the guys who are getting married when they're 38, you know, 40, etc. That's something I don't get, though, you know, because some of those guys, they meet girls that tell them, like, I'm willing to build this life with you like let's be in this together and grow together and then these guys still say like no no i need to grow by myself and like i need to do this on my own and then i'll be ready for someone like 
yeah if well, someone's because, offering to grow with you why you like yeah because i think those kinds of men they don't view like with like heaven they don't view women as like oh my equal partner is going to be on my team they think like oh here's just another person i have to it's like a dependent it's like oh it's someone that you know what i mean well, like I, th- I think it's two things one i think is it's it's a little bit of insecurity on the part of the guy mm-hmm. you know that they they will feel more secure about dating and about you know, getting engaged to someone or dating them seriously once they have the money and, you know, they, they know that they're settled. So that that's something that will provide them a little bit of a security blanket. But in addition to their own insecurity, I think it might be that they're having the experience that I described over and over again where a lot of girls don't want to take a chance on somebody who's not financially stable yet. I think and, it's... Sorry. No, it's okay. And, you know... I don't fault them for that, but if a guy keeps having that experience, mm-hmm. at at some point it you know might break his confidence, and at some point it might send him the message, "Hey, you know, if I'm going to get serious with a girl, I need to be financially stable first. And that's not the way that I feel about it, because I I still have faith that there are people out there who will want to build that life with me, but I think that you know a lot of guys get in addition to their own insecurity about the matter, they get a little bit jaded and they think that things are going to be easier for them once they've already established themselves. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is that it's funny that girls now in this generation, not all of them, but like these ones that you're describing and that we know of go into dating thinking that this guy already needs to be at that level when so many of you know these people's parents, including mine, they didn't really have and like do you know what i mean they kind of might like my dad is self-made and even last week the woman we interviewed her husband was you know didn't have much when they met and he also um they they built it together and i but then we were raised with our parents you know what i mean like we don't i mean i don't know i did see my parents struggle personally when i was younger not that much they were like always trying to spoil me despite not having a lot but you know my mom did take a chance and like she loved my dad regardless so they they built it together what they had but now everyone just thinks that oh like this is just a given and you should automatically have it and yeah I think that's a problem yeah you know like and I think it depends on the values that a person was raised with Um, my my sister and her husband now have a baby and they now live in a very nice house and you know they they now have built a life together but my sister married her husband when the guy was in law school not only did he not have money he had negative money because he had like law school you know loans and things like that so people marry for two reasons they marry for love or they marry for something else you know like women marry for love or they marry for money men marry for love or they marry to have you know a plaything by their side you know like a trophy wife that just looks good yeah Yeah, exactly so like look what i got (laughs) exactly so when when you're marrying for love and you don't have all of the other factors already figured out it's a big leap of faith and it requires a lot of work you know and like i said i don't fault anybody for wanting me to be a millionaire with nice cars and 10 years of career under my belt if that's what a girl wants then you know she's 
more than welcome to have that. However, I think that a 25-year-old who is marrying a rich 38-year-old, the dynamic and the fabric of their relationship is going to be very different than two people who are closer in age who are marrying for love. Of course. You know, I think their relationship is going to take a different characteristic. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I. So would you ever date a Persian guy since you guys pose the question to me? I love when our guests ask us questions. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Sure. <laughs> um, Millie, do you want to go first you... before I rip Persian men a new one? Like, I'm going to like... Okay, yeah, I guess I'll, s- I'll start. Um, actually, I would date a per- like Persian man. This podcast I... should be called Dropping Bombs with Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. If only you knew the way I act in real life. I'm just constantly dropping bombs. It's, oh man. It's, just, yeah, it's a lot. It. <laughs> I'm, I'm entertaining to say the least. Oh, okay, wait, I feel like I'm going to go on a tangent right now. But, Why? But no, I was telling my cousins about the podcast, and they were like, oh, Natalie's your co-host? I'm like, yep. And they're like, but she's so reserved. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, you, you are. You have a lot of, like, siyaset, and you're very polite. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. At like Persian parties, so well, this yeah, is what they be, thought of you, and I was like, because no. that's how my mom raised me to be. No, I, I, <laughs> but let, I, let's, I want to appreciate that about Natalie. Like she's a crazy bitch, but she's really polite and Khanum actually, despite her <laughs> hatred of that word. But anyways, regarding Persian men, I am open to dating them. My ex boyfriend actually was Persian, but he didn't, he wasn't really in the com- Persian community. He he, he didn't act like a Persian man whatsoever. Despite the only thing that made him Persian was that he was a misogynist. But like besides that, <laughs> he was very whitewashed. Oh, um, anyways, um, but now like my problem. So but like even when I met him, it was like ugh, I don't like Persian men. Like do you know what I mean? I can't really relate to them on many levels because I feel like my personality. I don't know, in many ways, like, whatever American even is, I feel like I'm more American in terms of, like, my interests in life and, like, my sense of humor. Um, And I'm, like, kind of modern, I guess. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you, like, for listeners who listen to the podcast, I think they can just tell that by my personality. But um, my 
like fear is now that like yeah i do want to date a persian man for like those kinds of reasons that you said you want to date a persian girl like i think it's really nice to have that commonality with someone and you can like use the same terms and speak the same language you know quite literally and metaphorically and and that's something i would want to carry on when i eventually have my own family but the thing is it's like really hard to find i don't know i guess i'm kind of partic particular and people say that this is a problem i have but like i don't know it's hard to find like persian guys who like to like who are intellectually curious or like i don't basically i want a guy who's chivalrous but also like reads philosophy maybe i don't know and like it doesn't really exist but i'm not i'm also very open to like building you know what i mean i don't want just like already a rich guy because like i find those guys really spoiled um like it's the fantasy of marrying like a guy who just like inherited a bunch of wealth is nice but like when you meet those guys i don't know i don't want to generalize but like i'm just not into it so yeah that's my problem it's like i i don't think i'm going to end up with a persian guy because i can't really have stimulating conversations with them and like they i don't know i kind of feel like at the end of the day i don't know i think i'm talking way too much natalie can you, can you <laughs> i'm just sitting here like wow okay Melly, like, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate the honesty it's it's good it's good to know i will remind you that there are maybe not a lot but there are Pers you know some persian men out there who are not misogynistic and they do read philosophy and they're intellectually curious and they I mean, are gentlemanly and things like that yeah there's people so. who say that there there is that out there and there's also people who believe in bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster like i don't know no, flat earthers no, <laughs> no flat earthers I'm not, I'm not being disingenuous because as much as i as much as i say that i had the experience with you know persian women that i described where they were materialistic and didn't think that I had enough money and things like that. I've also met a few Persian girls who are, you know, really sweet and genuine and want the same things and have really good values and are very like Najib and, you know, mm -hmm. have pure hearted and things like that. So I, I know that, that, you know, those, those people with those rare characteristics and qualities out there exist. Now that may not mean that, you have a connection with them or that you're physically attracted to each other or that it works out. And it may mean that there's more of the other type in a certain pool than the type that you're looking for. But you always have to have a little bit of faith and you, you, you have to, you have to catch yourself when you are getting jaded, you know? Okay. But also I feel like, so if there is a Persian guy who is checking off those boxes where like, I also expect him to be like super charismatic. I only like like really charismatic men. I don't know what my problem is. Like, Basically, and I feel like that usually borderline <laughs> sociopathic. But whatever, <laughs> okay. let's just take it. Those kinds of guys, like they 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 know that they have checked all those boxes, and then they kind of act like women in the sense that like they demand attention and they want to be the one in the relationship getting more attention. Like they want everyone to laugh at their jokes at the party, not at their wife's jokes. Um, and we all know those Persian men. Basically, to all our listeners, if you're Persian, charismatic, and a sociopath, hit Millie up. <laughs> yeah, that's what it comes. But you also have to read philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe watch Fleabag. That's my new show. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> like 4 a.m. last night, I was like, everyone watch Fleabag. 
<laughs> I was like, okay. Wait, so Natalie, why yeah. don't you tell everyone what you, well, would you date Persian? If you're done talking, I'll tell them. Are you done? Yeah, for once, I'm the one. <laughs> okay. Um, my general like philosophy when it comes to dating is that everyone deserves a first chance. Even if you really know that they're just not for you, like the fact that they even went out of their way to try to ask you out. Like, I think everyone deserves a first chance. I don't think it's fair to just be like shutting people down right away. That's beautiful. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've gone out with some really interesting people because of that. (laughs) (laughs) You really (laughs) have. Weird fucking dates. Um, but yeah, so everyone deserves a first chance. So I have gone on dates with Persian men and every time I have, it just reminds me why I don't want to date Persian men. Like, like, I always tell people, I'm like, I don't say things out of being naive. I say things out of experience. Like, I've given Persian men a chance, and that's why I know that generally they are not for me. Um, And I know that there might be some out there that I might meet one day that I'm like, oh, actually, he is, like, chill, whatever. Um, Or maybe I do get along with him, or maybe I am attracted to him. But, like, it also goes back to what you guys were talking about um, like culturally being similar and being able to speak the same language and have like the same inside jokes and whatnot. So I honestly relate more to my mom's side of the family, which is Israeli. And I speak Hebrew fluently and I just grew up there every summer. So for me, it's like I go after Israeli guys because I want that comfort of like, that's your person because you want real psychopaths yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i know you're like i don't date persians i date israelis wow and that's that's why i will be forever single (laughs) (laughs) because i only go after (laughs) oh my god they're working in construction uh no (laughs) they they work in security (laughs) or jewelry Oh my god, Wait, I can we do this with... <laughs> Natalie, you have to do your act. Wait, whenever she tells people her name, pronounce her name in, like, Israeli. Natalie. 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 Mili. My name is... No, of you Mili. say it so weird. Mili. 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 Mili, Natalie. Na- Natalie. Natalie. You have to... <laughs> you have to enunciate the last part, Natalie. What is your name, Bonit? Oh. Natalie. <laughs> no, but... Truly, like, truly, <laughs> shut, shut <laughs> up. Truly, I am a sadist and I hate myself, and Wait, that's why I go after this? Israeli men. What's <laughs> like, I, I just hate myself, and that's why I go after them because I want to, to okay, be we need alone a- forever. <laughs> no, but you know what? Like, if, if you, if you've had that experience and you just, you know, you've tried it and you've given it a fair shot and you just generally feel like you don't jive with Persian men, then you don't have to keep going out with them just because there might be that one guy out there who, you know, you think will, will fit what you're looking for. Like when I was saying, yes, there are guys out there, Millie, who are interesting and intellectually curious and also charismatic and things like that. If you have the feeling that, you know what, you've tried it, you've given it a fair shot and it's just not for you then that's totally fine. Like, I don't go out with goys anymore. You know? For a long time. I think a lot of our our listeners (laughs) don't know what that means. Oh, sorry. Gentiles. It's a non-Jewish woman. Yeah. Like, for a long time, I used to to go out with everyone. I would go out with Christian girls and Jewish girls and Muslim girls. And, you know, I, I, I didn't really care. 
But over time, I realized that the only women that I really connect with are girls who are Jewish. And as it started to become more important to me, you know, to marry a Jewish woman and thinking about my future and stuff like that, yeah, there was a part of me that felt like, hmm, you know, am I being too closed off or whatever? But at a certain point, I just decided I've had enough experience with non-Jews to know that it's important to me to date a Jew and that I get along with them better and, you know, we have more similarities in dating and things like that. So... You know, it's okay. Like you can give yourself, you can always give yourself the permission to say, I've tried something and it's yeah. not for me. I just think it's important to give it a shot and try, which I have. And I, I get where you're coming from in the like Jewish factor. Like for me, it's not even the religion that matters to me. It's more the culture. Like I, I feel want, like that's what he's saying too. Though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. For yeah. Sure. So like I, like I want an Israeli guy because of like, I don't know, just a lot of things in my life that'll just get me more. No, please. I already know what you're thinking. Uh, about can you just the, shut up? The music. Just stop. <laughs> yes, it's the music. I'm sorry. Okay. She like, wants to have a loud house with <laughs> children. They oh play with Israeli music. Oh I'm going to kill you. I'm going to well, kill Shabbat. you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Shabbat. <laughs> what are you doing for Hanukkah? Hanukkah is coming up around the corner. Oh, my friend's actually having a Hanukkah party. I'm so oh, yeah. excited. Um, no, but yeah, for me, it's just about that. But um, anyway, right now, I am on a cleanse, and I am not dating. Uh, four months going strong. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm all, I'm on an involuntary like two years, I think. <laughs> Just pretend like it's voluntary. It sounds cooler. I mean, I think it is. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't seek it out and like any I guess I yeah, anyone who tries to talk to me, I like push away. I don't know. I have yeah. I'm sorting out my own issues. I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's like I think I'm too good or I don't know. I just like don't I don't, I don't know. I haven't met anyone who's like, you know, really what is a spark my fire? I don't know. Like spark my fire. No, you mean not like that. My fire? Like, whatever. Like you know, Gave no you one that tingly feeling. Not like that even. <laughs> Just like no one interesting. I don't know. I'm not meeting anyone who's um, like interesting. Yeah, so. I've only ever had feelings for one I'm person really in my entire life, and I just think it's like so crazy. When I was younger, and like I never had feelings for anyone, and my friends would complain like, "Oh, I have feelings for this guy, but he doesn't like me back." I couldn't mentally like figure out how you can like someone who doesn't like you. I was I would tell my friends I'm like I'm like how do you catch feelings for someone who doesn't have feelings for you back? Like how does that even happen? Like I thought it was like impossible. I'm like what is this? And then it happened to me and I'm like, "Oh, this is what that is." Like yeah. like I I couldn't physically like I couldn't mentally understand how you can have feelings for someone who doesn't like you back. I just thought it was the craziest thing. And then I guess God just wanted to show me what it feels like. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And also every every person, you know, has a different emotional constitution. You know, like people who are there are people who are, you know, always lovesick and they're they're very sensitive and they catch feelings very easily. I wish I was like one that. of those people. My God. I have friends that every week it's a new guy and then they're over the last guy because they have this new guy and i'm like you are so lucky like no that, I w- that comes with a, that that comes with its own host of problems of yeah, cor- yeah of course it does you. of course it does 
but imagine imagine being me that i've only ever liked one person my entire life it really fucks with you okay yeah. well natalie needs a therapist i can't afford one <laughs> i don't have insurance okay okay well well if anyone wants we'll to advertise yeah. my insurance no we'll advertise the therapist on the podcast in exchange for therapy sessions. therapy sessions i need to be hypnotized into being able to catch feelings until the age of 21 i thought that i was like i thought i had like just issues in my head i was like i don't know how to catch feelings like i really thought i had problems well, Natalie, if you want to sign up uh, for my mentorship program, <laughs> <laughs> oh my shame, shameless plug. <laughs> no, do oh, it. Do I sound that sad? Oh my god. No, I'm kidding. But but I will just say, from having spoken to a lot of a, a, a lot of women, that that is that's more common than you think. So it's not that there's something that's wrong with you, and that also can change. So. Yeah, I. Natalie, like, she thinks that we already have, like, fully transformed as human beings. Like, this is our last stage of development. It's like, we're just beginning our lives. Please don't let, like, one experience define yeah. your life. We're, we're, you know, still very young. But um, I forgot what I was going to ask, actually. You know? Well, Kevin. Uh, thank you for letting me throw the question back at you guys. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you did you think it was gonna turn into this? I feel like this is why people don't ask us questions. It becomes this long winded like monologue of my life. I'm the most important person on this episode right now. Everyone just listen to me and my problem. No, but that people are interested in learning about you guys as well as the guest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why? Why are you laughing at me? No, this. It's just funny. I think this is funny. That's all. What did I say that was funny? I don't know. We're just all laughing. Oh, my God. I hate you. <laughs> um, have you ever experienced unrequited love, Kevin? Um, unrequited love? I Probably not. Like, where really? I was really, really, like, where I was, like, madly in love with someone and they didn't love me back, you know, probably not. Because well, good for you, Kevin. Not all of us are so lucky. <laughs> No, but I was going to say, I've experienced, uh, because when we're talking, I mean, unrequited love is, you know, a catch-all for unrequited feelings. And have I experienced unrequited feelings? Yeah, every day of the week. You know, I always say I fall in love with a new woman every day. Oh, God. Can I be you? (laughs) Where do you meet these women? I know. (laughs) I mean, I fall in love with a girl who I see at Starbucks who I have never (laughs) spoken I know. I feel like that's so many men. Yeah. I kind of love you for that, though. And then I go home thinking, like, I don't even know the girl's name, so I say in my head her name is Ariella. And then I go home thinking about, like, me and Ariella, you know, getting married and having a house in Calabasas. Wait, guys, think about these things, too? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe. (laughs) I think you might be a rare breed. I know. We're looking... definitely experienced a situation where i'm really into somebody that i'm dating and you know they're they're not into me or they give me a shot and just decide they don't have any romantic feelings for me or whatever and i've experienced that a lot of times throughout my life i think many people have and it's really tough you know there's there there are no there, there there's no easy way about that but 
as I get older and more experienced, I, ex- I, I have that experience less and less. So I think, I think as you get older and you date more and you become more aware of yourself and more aware of who you're going to click with and jive with and who you're not, you experience unrequited love less and less because the, exp- the, the reason that we, in my opinion, the reason that we encounter that experience of really being into someone and them not being into you is that you're essentially looking for the wrong thing. You are, you're looking for the wrong person for you. And why are you looking for the wrong person for you? Because you don't actually know what you need. You don't know what your needs are. You don't know what type of person is going to meet your needs and make you feel emotionally fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So you see a beautiful woman walking down the street or you see a guy who's like super charismatic and he sweeps you off your feet. And you're a poet and you didn't even know it. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I'm so corny. And all of a sudden you, you, you know, have feelings for the person and maybe convince them to go out on a date with you. And, you know, then the, the ball just starts rolling from there. But usually if you have feelings for someone and they don't have feelings for you back, it's, it's probably because they're not the right match for you. And, and you have feelings for them because you went into it, not actually knowing what the right match for you is. So as I get older and I've seen this with a lot of other people as well, as they get older and a little bit wiser and they start to become more in touch with what type of person and what type of qualities are going to be a match for them, then you, you stop going after the wrong people for you and you stop fantasizing and romanticizing the wrong people for you. Of course we do it once in a while, always, you know, yeah. we, we all, we're all guilty of a little bit of that, like self-sabotage, but you know, Oh, as I'm become, all about the self-sabotage. That's my favorite oh, pastime. Yeah. Just sabotaging myself. Um, (laughs) you know, oh my God, no, let's not encourage, but, um, I, this was like a topic, I think in our first episode, um, and it just came to me right now, but we were talking about how, I don't know, at least in my instance, like I feel like I'm a progressive person and I say progressive things on this podcast, but then like in the past I've like dated some people who I like wasn't particularly proud of not like long term but like and if I did I wouldn't go out with them like in places that I know I would see people I know so I was wondering do you like has that happened to you where like you're dating someone who you don't really want your like family to find out about or like what is something you would be ashamed of that person for that you like wouldn't want to be seen with them or like you wouldn't do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think I know what you mean. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'll just tell a quick story. So I met a... Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. 
We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Girl online, and we started texting a little bit, and then it was time to set up the first date, Mm -hmm. and um, she asked me to meet her at this coffee shop in a part of town, in a part of LA, which is like really far from where we both live. And there was like virtually no reason that I could see for us both to, for us to meet there. So I, I said that, you know, that's, that's a little bit like out of the way for me. How's this place instead? And she wrote back um, that she wants to go somewhere a little bit more discreet. And I didn't press the issue, but so I agreed to meet her there, but I literally had no idea what she meant. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being silly. Like I, I I asked her on the date, I I did not know what she meant by like, you know, wanting to be more discreet. And basically what she told me was like, if we go somewhere in Beverly Hills or West Hollywood or Brentwood or whatever, where there are, are a lot of Persians, then she's she's liable to run into somebody that she knows and she's going to be seen on a date and that makes her kind of uncomfortable and so then I understood you know that that's what she meant but I also understood that I guess a lot of Persian girls think about that stuff and and they that's that's how they feel like they want to go somewhere that's kind of hidden so that they don't get seen on a first date I mean I can understand that yeah, I mean, I did that. And it's not even, I don't know why I use the word ashamed. No, I wasn't ashamed at all. It was just like, I, like, I wasn't, ex- like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a date, or like, maybe there were a few dates, but like, I, it's like awkward if you like run into like your mom's friend or something, and like, how do you navigate introducing that? And then they're like, I don't know, like, some people, like, if you yeah, run into like, a awkward. distant family member, they'd be like, <gasps> but like a lot of persian girls take it to an extreme like we spoke about this on multiple episodes that like they won't post a picture with a significant other until the engagement so you know like what? <laughs> somebody somebody told me that i asked one of my friends who's persian if you were dating someone, if you were in a relationship with a guy, would you put him on your Instagram? And she said, no, not until we're engaged. Yeah. And I thought that that was just, A, unfair to the guy. Like, if I'm in that relationship, I'm fucking by Felicia. <laughs> and B, just batshit crazy. Like, not wanting to be seen on a first or second date by your college on, I totally understand. But, like, once it's but, serious, why shouldn't it? But you're, yeah. you're dating somebody, you're, that, that's your boyfriend, you're in a relationship with them for three months, six months, you say I love you to each other or whatever, and something as inconsequential and stupid as Instagram, you won't share that that's the person that you spend all your time with? That would piss me off. Oh, I know people who were dating for years. My cousin was dating a girl for years, and nobody, even in the, like, immediate family knew, like, only, like, the parents and the siblings... And, like, none of us knew until, like, they posted an engagement photo. And I was like, oh, like, 
it was so awkward i'm like how long have you guys been dating they're like oh years and i'm like uh-huh like, okay oh like i just find it a little strange how soon into a relationship would you post a photo of like a girlfriend kind of? i don't think you can have a rule for that i think every relationship is different yeah, yeah I, I can't. some people have some people are like really think about this i i can't i can't say a month in or three weeks in or you know i can't give you an exact time but what i can say is soon yeah and okay that's what i was just trying to gauge like it's not a problem for you it's not like the end of the world if you No, soon and to answer your original question which is like what's something i would kind of want to hide or i would be afraid of to for people to find out or whatever honestly f- me i might just be really you know don't give a fuck kind of guy but nothing like if i'm dating someone and i know that i like them like they can come to my house they can meet my parents they can meet my friends i can be seen with them anywhere like i don't i I really don't care Uh now if i've gone on two or three dates with them (laughs) gussie Sorry, that was my puppy. <laughs> we can add but him not. as someone we interviewed in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Featuring Kevin if, Ahai and Gussie. If I've gone on two or three dates with them and I don't like them or I discover something that, you know, I'm, I'm not into about them, then chances are I will just not continue dating them. But I won't continue dating them and hide them because yeah. you know, I don't want my mom to find out that she has this or that quality, mm-hmm. you know? And... Uh, I just want to mention one other thing about the posting on Instagram thing, um, because I, I guess you've talked about it on other episodes. You know, my my general rule is this, and I've gotten a lot of flack for this. I've gotten a lot of, you know, people think this is kind of controversial, but my rule is if you have an Instagram, people say that they don't want to post their relationship on Instagram because... They're very private about their lives, right? That's always the, the yeah. reason mm-hmm. is I want to keep my personal life private. And what I say is if you have an Instagram or a Facebook for that matter, if you have a social media account, then your life is not private. Thank you. So if you don't have any social media, then don't post your relationship. But if you have social media and you post pictures of yourself where you're looking good and having fun and you're on the yacht in the Bahamas or whatever and you're trying to put this picture of yourself out to the world as long as you're doing that then you damn well better include the most important and significant person in your life who's your boyfriend or girlfriend you know if if, if you don't want to have any social media then then that's fine don't post but as long as you're active then you you know the worst thing that you can do to your partner is make them feel like your dirty little secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Actually, well, I have a I have a quick question. Um, of course. And there will be no judgment for like whatever your answer is, but I'm just very curious because you seem to be a guy who's very in touch with his emotions and like isn't afraid to admit that, and if anything, flaunts it, which I think is awesome. Um, I was talking to this one guy, and he told me. He was like, yeah, if I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't let her post bikini photos on Instagram unless I was in them. Um, And I think that comes from insecurity 
from the guy in my opinion i think that just makes him insecure um but i wanted to know like what's your thought on that like would you have rules like that in a relationship that's a very interesting question um i would never say i wouldn't let her post this or that um and i wouldn't have a rule because it's not my responsibility or my right or my place to tell my girlfriend what to do but two things one is i would hope that i would be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't just of her own volition doesn't post revealing photos on her instagram just because that's my personal value Mm -hmm. so if i was in a relationship with someone who was posting revealing photos on their instagram would I tell them, oh, you can't do that, or you have to take that down, or I'm not okay with that? You know, no, I, I wouldn't be, like, controlling and have those rules and stuff because I don't think that works out well in the long run. But my intention would be not to be dating that person in the first place. Yeah, I had a feeling that was your... Now, does it come from insecurity? Does it come from being controlling? Does it come from being misogynistic? etc etc um it may come from a bunch of those things what i can tell you in my case the reason that i feel that way is not that i think if a girl posts that stuff there's something wrong with her but that i think girls underestimate the power of creepy men on the internet so i know that as soon as a woman an attractive woman is posting a revealing photo on on the in, uh, you know on Instagram. She's got guys in her DMs. She's got guys creeping on the photo. She's got guys sending that photo to her friends, to his friends. Sorry, and I I just you know I don't feel comfortable with that kind of inviting that kind of male attention from people that she doesn't know and people that are creepy and what have you. Maybe that makes me insecure or, you know, maybe my values are just a little bit more conservative. So I I definitely wouldn't have that rule, but I would try to avoid being with that person in the first place. I don't think it makes you insecure. I think people just have like different like ways of life. Like it's not. Yeah. And look, I know there are so like, I know so many Instagram boyfriends who. (laughs) What is an Instagram boyfriend? What's an Instagram boyfriend? An Instagram boyfriend is a guy whose whose girlfriend or wife is an Instagram influencer. Oh, ah, okay. And you know, many Instagram influencers, females, you know, a huge part of the reason that their Instagram is so popular is that they're very attractive and they post lots of pictures of themselves in bikinis and you know, like all kinds of you know. That's that's a big part of their draw is their sex appeal. And I know so many Instagram boyfriends who are like a hundred percent okay with that. Not only are they okay with it, they, they love like it. it. Like it turns them on. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, "Yeah, babe, you post that photo of yourself in a thong. That's getting like hundreds of thousands of likes because it makes the guy feel like, look what I have. My my girlfriend is such a babe. Yeah, you know? and they get off like on other men fantasizing about their woman because it's like, yeah, I have her, and you fantasize yeah, so about a, her. A lot of men out there it's like are a weird not cuck not... fantasy. <laughs> I, I Sorry, guess. I think I made it. I think I went too far. <laughs> a little bit. No, maybe, maybe it is a cuck fantasy, you know. <laughs> but a lot of the guys are not only not insecure about that stuff; they actually encourage it. But me 
and I mean, you can ask like anyone in my family about this from the time that I had like my first girlfriend when I was like in the sixth grade or something, I've always, I've only been attracted to the same type of woman. I've never been attracted to women who are, you know, revealing or overly sexual or like have, like, I don't like girls who are like sexy, you know, I like girls who are like cute Mm -hmm. and, and shy and like have that sort of like sweetie pie you know, thing about them. When, when I see a girl who's like, when I, when I see a Victoria's Secret model on the cover of a magazine, I'm like, yeah, she's good looking, but am I attracted to that? Is that like what really turns me on and makes me, you know, excited and things like that? No, not really. So that's, you know, that's a large part of the reason I, I wouldn't feel comfortable if, if my girlfriend was, was posting that kind of stuff. Yeah, for me, I feel like we're kind of similar, and you you sound like my brothers. Um, but like, if I see a guy like on his dating profile, there's like a shirtless photo. I'm like, I'm probably not gonna go out with him. Like, I'm not gonna swipe him. I just like, I don't know. It's not my vibe. Yeah, but then there, I'm sure there are other girls who see a shirtless photo and they salivate over that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ew. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Salivate. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, you're not wrong. No, no there is you're that. definitely not wrong. Listen, there's girls swiping on those guys. There's a reason those guys are posting those photos. It's working for them with someone. So, like, yeah. what's a deal breaker on a girl's dating profile for you? And, like, what do you like to be messaged? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, you need to give some like girl, Persian girls dating tips. Like, what, what have you seen on, like, girls' profiles that makes you well, automatically apps, swipe left? What apps do you use, actually? Well, I don't really use any apps right now. Oh. <laughs> um, I have two apps on my phone, but I haven't been on them in forever. Well, like in the past, um, I guess. Though. But in the past, I used Bumble for like a week and I got catfished. Oh, wow. Um, Shit. Completely catfished. <laughs> um, like completely different person. So I got That's off that crazy. app. That's so crazy. And then I've used JSwipe and I've used Hinge. Mm-hmm. And... Um, those are the apps that have come most highly recommended to me, and I've had not any success with either. Most so. people don't. So, <laughs> no, that's actually not true, though. Like my therapist was telling me some t- uh, statistic about like the amount of relationships. Yeah, but that I don't are listen from... to statistics. I just look around me, and all my friends are single right now. We're <laughs> young. What do you mean? No, yeah. a lot of people have met. I mean, one of my close friends, she met a guy on Hinge, I, and they're I like went in to a really a, serious a J-swipe wedding. It's funny that they call them J-swipe weddings or Hinge weddings, but I, I've been to a couple. I didn't know they call it that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, there, there are definitely people who meet online and then get get married. I mean, I've seen it happen. Yeah, but um, you know, I think I mean, a large. Is... Sorry. Sorry. No, I was just saying. Yeah, that's where the future is headed. What you were saying. Well, I hope not. No, I mean I don't like that, but that's just, and I think that's why also like I say involuntarily, like not dating because like, like no one approaches me in real life. It's just like always in the wild. Been, and, yeah, and then like I don't like people to meet online, and like I'm also too shy to meet someone online. But anyway, sorry, you were saying. Well. I was going to, well, it's interesting that you said nobody approaches you in real life. My question was going to be, do you want to be approached in real life? No. <laughs> I know, I think so. It's so funny because a lot of guys are like, yeah, girls go out with the intention of meeting a guy. Literally, anytime I go out, 
No, they there's, don't. There's only so many nights in the week where I can see my friends. So anytime I go out, I just want to be with my friends. And anytime someone approaches me, I either pretend like I don't see them and just like pretend like I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Or or I just tell them like I'm sorry, like I'm with my friends right now. Like I just want to be with my friends. Oh my god, sorry. I have to tell you guys a story of what happened last night. Oh my god, yes. So I say I want to be approached. I mean, look, sometimes yeah, I will, but I don't last night, like I definitely was not. Like we went to just go see this DJ and like I wanted to hang out with my friends as Nat and Natalie was there too. Um, but like I don't know, this guy came up to me and he was like, Hey, yeah, like, uh, yeah, obviously, um, you, your face is cute. Your outfit's really dope. Uh, like, I dig it. Some, some bullshit like that. He's like, <laughs> but I saw you a couple times here, and I saw you wash your hands twice in the bathroom. I just want to say I think that's really wifey material. And, like, Wait, you probably are going to be a MILF, like, once you have kids, and I'm really down with that. So I just wanted to tell you that. Jesus and like before i could even say twice. hello back <laughs> and i just was like oh um thank you <laughs> like i didn't know what to say and, and ironically i told him to follow the podcast whenever a guy hits on me i'm not interested i just get him to oh my subscribe god yeah I, to I, take their, I take their phones they're like oh you want my number i'm yeah, not giving you my what, number but here's my podcast subscribe they, to it yeah but the funny thing is is that he so he was bukharian um and i i told him that i only heard bad things about them oh that's because, because that, i only say bad things i only know what natalie has told me but i guess this so this is what i wanted to say is that like I don't know, recently I've been in this, like, mood where I just want to have, like, a sex-in-the-city boyfriend where, like, I date someone who, like, I probably would never end up with, but I just want to have a phase for, like, two weeks and, like, you know, like, why, like, why, why can't I just date someone just for fun and, like, go have fun dinners and, like, go to, a, like, maybe a jazz musician boyfriend? I don't know. I had no, one of those, Even but at we a fucking dating. rave, a guy comes up to me and says I'm wife material. Like, no. No, <laughs> I'm not trying to get married. <laughs> Sorry. Well, okay, so that's that's an important point. Unless if, I, if look, if I meet someone I really like, then like I'll have those feelings. Like the last guy, like the feeling, I was like, okay, like I'm ready. <laughs> but right now, I'm like, no, barf. Okay, so that so that that's that's an important distinction. Is like, so look, on the one hand, you complain about being single. No, hand. I'm not complaining about being single. I just want to like, I guess I'm right now in the phase of my life where I just want to like date people for fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I personally yeah. love being single. Um, like I'm not ready I've, to be in a relationship. But I don't have the time it, for. I've been doing single for 24 years, so I'm like I'm ready to try something new. <laughs> okay, so so much of so much of this depends on our intention. Like, if you know that you want to have a Sex in the City boyfriend and you just want to go out with people for fun and you're like not looking for something serious or whatever, then that's definitely going to change the way that you date mm-hmm. and it'll change your approach. Like maybe you'll be more open to being approached, not by guys who sound creepy and stupid like that guy, but you know, maybe you'll, you'll try things that you haven't tried before or whatever. So- okay. I'm not, not looking for something serious, but I guess I'm very like open Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like, oh, I'm not like a Persian girl who's like looking for a hostage. Yeah, there, there's a difference between l- wanting 
a relationship and wanting the right guy yeah because wanting a relationship you'll just date almost any guy that's that exactly slightly a certain criteria you like and you'll just jump into something that you actually didn't want exactly and then there's just wanting the right guy like for me i don't want a relationship i'm not seeking a relationship i'm seeking the right guy same same yeah mm. all fighting but there's also but there's also <laughs> there's also a difference between dating to find the right person and dating to date right so if you're dating to date well i'm not dating at all i just want the right guy to fall into my lap (laughs) i just want him to like dive through my window and straight into my bed and be like baby i'm here okay (laughs) you say you're not a persian princess (laughs) i just hate first dates with a passion i have like a phobia of them oh really yeah (laughs) but you love talking about yourself i feel like it's your ultimate (laughs) with people i already know god (laughs) no, he's gonna beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> Literally gonna punch you. That's a funny thing you guys mentioned about, like, you know, people say that girls go out with the intention of meeting someone. I don't really know if that's true. Like, I feel like girls are approached by so many people and hit up by so many guys all the time. A lot of the time when they're going out, they just want to dance with their friends. Yeah, that's and, that's what I'm saying. It's wrong. Like, a lot of people think that, but it's yeah. so wrong. Yeah. So then, of course, that makes our job even harder because we don't know when we can approach and when we can't. Most Look, if you're the care. right guy, it doesn't matter if you like. If, yeah, you know, literally, if you're the right guy, you can sneeze on my face as you're trying to like <laughs> hit on me, and I'll still be like, "Oh my god, that was so cute!" Like, it doesn't no, matter. It's just right so guy and true. wrong guy. It doesn't matter what you do. You so can true. you can pour red wine accidentally all over my white dress. You can yeah, accidentally stomp gonna... on my foot, and I'll still be like, "Oh my god, he touched me!" Like. But you're not gonna know who the right guy versus the wrong guy is the very first time you talk to yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If the first time okay, you talk see, to someone, that's my problem. Spills red wine on your dress. <laughs> you're not gonna think that is the right guy. Natalie, you don't have a you don't have enough life experience to say. Oh my god! Wow! Ouch! <laughs> no, no, because I knew she was about to say no. I already know. Like the first instance, you no, just said you I'm like- saying that's my problem. I think I already know from the first date, and that's why I've rarely been on second or third dates i think i've been on like two third dates in my life because i, I can, always feel I, I can tell you that i don't i don't even know i'm very particular and very very in touch with you know who i am and what i'm looking for and i don't even know from the first date if it's the right person or not i know i'm like i, I know i have a problem i know that it's like not right to think that way but that's just how i feel i think we need to call this episode picky daters because we all sound <laughs> i'm sorry kevin i'm kind of okay especially you. <laughs> you like oh he has to read philosophy philosophy and be a sociopath but also be super charming and generous like, like what the who are you also describing? like he needs to be into babies because when i have kids like i don't want to really talk to don't them until you they're not like, three. like babies I don't like babies, so he so needs to be. A, to he needs to oh hang out with the baby. I don't like the way infants look. Oh my god! Like I'll pop that shit out, and you can take it. You can <laughs> be a stay-at-home dad, and I'll go. Don't work. tell that to to the guy that you're dating because he's gonna be he's gonna be like, what? I don't know what to do with the damn thing. No, <laughs> I no. I always attract guys who are like kind of into that. Don't worry. They're very like because I'm like because I'm a bit. I don't know. It's weird. Like, sometimes I come off as shy, but, like, in reality, like, I'm definitely the dominant person. Mm. So. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. No, I... Kevin's just like, wow, no wonder why those girls are single. No, I did not say that at all. (laughs) You were thinking it. 
I know. No, I went. Saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I was going to say, you, you said, um, you asked a question and you said, like, you know, there's no judgment however you answer this. Anything you guys want to know, you can ask. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm more than happy to, it doesn't matter what it is. No, you you're very much an open reason. book. I really love that. Okay. If a girl sleeps with you on the first date, would you write her off? Um, well, Oof. the one problem with that question is we always look at it as if the girl sleeps with you on the first date, as if you had nothing to do with it, you know, like it's not just the girl sleeping with you on the first date. You're also sleeping with her. on yeah. the first date. No, oh God, of course. I, I didn't think about that, but mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, isn't that implied though? Like obviously it wasn't. You know, there needs to be two parts to... Okay, anyone listening to this episode, guys, Kevin is single. Like, <laughs> and he's so awesome. Like, somebody... Did you say guys, Kevin is single? I'm not looking for a guy. No, no I mean guys yeah. like our listeners. Like, <laughs> gals. All the girls listening you. to this podcast. Thank you for being equal opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody hit him up. What the fuck? Like, oh, thank you. No, you're no, really... So- even if I don't agree with, like, everything that you believe in or say, just, like... The way you put it out there and how honest you are and how really in touch with your feelings you are, like I think that's so awesome. That's thank you. That's some good I shit really right there. Um, now, why don't you agree with what I say? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that's different. That's a different uh, episode. Yeah, it's a whole it's, different episode. Is us just arguing over topics? <laughs> this episode but, is just Natalie dropping bombs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Natalie dropping bombs. So I, so the, the first, the first thing is, is I just think that that's worth mentioning. Like if you sleep with a girl on the first date, that's your fault too. Like, that's not just, you were, you know, sitting there saying, oh no, please don't sleep with me on the first date. Yeah. You're not an innocent bystander. basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, so having said that, I used to sleep with girls on the first date. I don't do it anymore. I haven't done it in a long time. Because for me, that's a no-no. Like for my, for like for me, doing that myself is a no-no. Mm-hmm. So okay. If, so if a girl is doing that, if a girl is down to do that, that's a no-no because I wouldn't let myself do that anymore. You oh, know, I, really I don't have one-night stands anymore. Like I'm too old for that shit. Wow, so, I feel like you're the only twenty-seven. Not the only, but like I don't know. I don't want. That's so rare. Like. Girls don't expect 27-year-old men to say that. They're expecting something totally different. Just the fact that you're, like, you say, like, you think about marriage and, like, you don't have one-night stands, I think a lot of our listeners will be surprised. Or at least yeah. I'm surprised. Same. Yeah, they, I'm, I'm sure they will be surprised, and I'm sure I'm, you know, kind of, like, rare in that sense. But I'm also, a large part of my mission is to change a lot of our dating culture and to change a lot of men out there. Like, the way that I think about it is that, you know, several decades ago, 30, 40 years ago, a guy who's 27 years old would be married, probably with kids on the way, probably at the apex of his career. You know, they like we would be mature and civilized and hopefully we would treat women with respect. This culture that we have today of like having one night stands until we're 40, then waking up one day and deciding, okay, now I'm ready for something serious. I'm not a fan of that, you know, so are you guys still there? 
Yeah. No, yeah, we're here. We're just in shock. Sorry if you hear like dubstep <laughs> in the background. Also, there's a studio se- oh, yeah. session going on. <laughs> there's a studio session going on next to us. Um, no, we're still here. We're just in shock. We're just yeah, like, I guess who I'm are you? To take that in. It's it's just like you don't hear it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know what? I've got. I do have a lot of men that I talk to. You know, on a daily, weekly basis, who like are down with this like philosophy. They're down to, you know, kind of grow ourselves up and become more mature and become kinder more gentle more respectful men who are looking for something more serious a little bit earlier and who put in the work to be emotionally mature enough i think that there is a desire out there for for some men and i think that desire is growing to be more like that and by the way this isn't only about men like women do plenty of things in 2019 that i think are not only detrimental to their dating life but also detrimental to their happiness like and what to their, well a lot of the same things that men do you know like for women it has been proven scientifically statistically for decades that women have better sex that they enjoy more in the context of a committed relationship so when I see having women having one night stands left, right, and center, you know, I don't say, oh, there's something wrong with you or you're insecure or I don't, I don't make a judgment or a prescription about what's going on in their life. But what I tell them is if you're unhappy, A, with your dating life and with the way that you feel about yourself, a large part of the reason has to do with what your actions and behaviors are on a daily basis. And you need to, you know, if we want to be happier people, both men and women, if we want to have better lives, if we want to experience more joy, more peace of mind, we don't just magically wake up one day and that happens. It starts by changing our behavior every day. And it starts by altering our values and altering the things that we do and making a commitment to living our lives in a different way. So as I've become older, I've become happier like my early 20s were a terrible time with a lot of depression and anxiety and a lot of emotional issues. Yeah, and so much that. of the reason I've become <laughs> happier, it. so much of the reason I've become happier is that I've made these changes to my lifestyle. You know? Mm-hmm. So to, I never answered your original question, which was is sleeping with a girl on the first date, if she did that, would that be a no no? Yeah, it would be a no no for me. Because I, I don't, I'm not down with that. I don't think that that's a good sign for a guy to do that. I don't think it's a good sign for a girl to do that. See, I, I love your answer so much because in one of our earlier episodes, I talk about a date I went on with a Persian guy. And he told me on the first date, I would never marry someone who's not a virgin. And then I said, are you a virgin? And he said, no. And I'm like, okay, so major double standard here. Like, you're not okay with someone being not a virgin, but you cannot be a virgin. Right. And that's why I love your answer because you're not saying like, oh, it's a no-no because she can't do it. It's like, I don't do it, so I don't want someone else who does it, which I think is so valid. Yeah, and look, let me not, like, I'm not a saint. I've done things in my past that I would not be comfortable with dating a girl who had who had done the same things. Like, I would definitely have my reservations. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that we all have things that we're a little bit hypocritical about. Yeah, for sure. Like what? But like, would you expect a girl to be a virgin? No, I wouldn't expect her to be a virgin. Would I feel more comfortable with a girl who hasn't had a lot of sexual partners rather than someone who slept with 45 people? Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, maybe that's, I haven't slept with 45 people. Maybe that makes me hypocritical. What, but I would never say something like, I can only marry a girl who's a virgin. I mean, that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair. You Thank know? you. No, we just but, wanted to put that out loud because people need to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah. a, I don't think that's a fair expectation. You know, I think maybe some girls lose their virginity young because they're with the wrong guy. Maybe they really want to try it. Maybe they're in a happy relationship, and part of having ha- having a happy relationship is having sex. Like I wouldn't put that expectation on them. However, and maybe this is hypocritical of me. Do I feel comfortable with dating a girl who has had like? dozens and dozens of sexual partners personally no that's not something i am into but i mean i i think it's only hypocritical of you if you have had dozens and dozens which you say you haven't so it's not hypocritical i've had more than i'm proud of i'll tell you that much and that's fine like the fact that you're even willing to admit that that like you're not proud of it or like it's not something that you would have repeated if you could do it over yeah, because yeah. a lot of guys, it's like a badge that they wear on their little Boy Scout vest. They're like, yeah, bro. Right next to their doodle tala pin. <laughs> their little golden dick Wait, pin. merch idea. Yeah. Doodle tala Little idea. golden dicks. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, look, I mean, my... Uh, it's funny, I'm like airing all of my dirty sexual laundry on this podcast. <laughs> That's what we're You know, for. I... I, I <laughs> I probably if if I could do it over again, I I would do it differently. I've mm-hmm. I've slept with more people than I'm proud of outside of relationships, and I wouldn't do it again that way. But the point is that it cost me. It didn't make me happy, you know. And I think that there's there's a trope in society that men can sleep with as many women as they want, and it's really not going to affect them. And I just don't buy that. I think that they act like it that they, it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. But I think my my theory is that men are more emotional and sensitive about that stuff than we like to appear to be. I agree. I don't like I I don't know. I I, I don't necessarily agree also that like women can't enjoy like non-committed sex like i know a lot of women who are like you know they they are able to fully enjoy sex with someone who like they don't love that's totally a thing um but i'm sure they can enjoy i don't know i mean i'd like to read that statistic but i don't know i no, i don't think I, men I and women know are that girls, different like i know for a lot of girls like an orgasm is more of an emotional mindset and the, if they're not in that right mindset they just can't bring themselves to orgasm so i can understand that like some girls they need to feel an emotion for someone they need to be in like at least well i think a lot of it is not necessarily in love no i just think for women like most women the orgasm is like harder to achieve just because our anatomy is more complicated and then naturally you're gonna have to see someone regularly for them to become acquainted with your anatomy do you like how properly <laughs> i'm speaking about sex here and know, like, so that wouldn't clit. like <laughs> no not not cl- no that's so th- there's other parts to the vagina thank you oh really are there i didn't know 
<laughs> Thank you for telling no, me. No, but like, I feel like it's like every guy, like, they just wiki how, like, oh, you just need to touch the clip, bro. I can't, my mom can't listen to this episode. She's gonna oh my gosh. She's been listening to the podcast recently. Oh um, but like, no, it's just like by the time, do you know what I mean? You have to like discover each other for like, you have to discover your body's. And that won't really happen unless you're seeing someone regularly, and then that just means and it's they a relationship. And they know what you like and don't like. Do you know what I mean? But like, I feel like if maybe it was easier because, so like, the women I know who are able to have like sex like that, it's because they're very familiar with their body, and then they find a partner who like they just have chemistry with. But then some women they have a, like a very hard time in general. Do you know yeah, what look, I mean? Not, so I don't I'm think it's necessarily trying. like oh she needs to be in love with the guy, but it's like it's it's not you know what i mean it's not mutually exclusive yeah yeah i I agree i'm not denying that there are some women out there who can have non-committed sex and enjoy it and have orgasms and everything like that but i but the the vast majority of women have better sex have more enjoyable sex when they are in a committed relationship so agreed i don't know you know I, I think that, most women I know would agree with that. Uh, my mom believes that if a woman doesn't have a normal sex life, like, when she gets to a certain age and she's just not having sex, she will kind of go crazy. And I told my mom that there is medical, like, kind of proof that backs up her, um, her theory there. Because in mental institutions, I don't know if they still do this, but years ago if someone was insane if a woman was insane they would like induce orgasms and like use like vibrating machines on them to like give them orgasms to try to cure them into sanity yeah i don't i don't i don't know the medical science behind that but here's one thing when guys say i would never marry somebody who's not a virgin well the one thing that they're not considering yeah like yeah it's a nice fantasy to have a, a you know virginal innocent girl but the one thing that they're not considering is what if that girl only sleeps with one person her entire life and wakes up one day when she's 40 and decides that you suck at sex and she's sexually unfulfilled and unsatisfied and what if she's just the type of woman to cheat and seek that pleasure somewhere else you know and then you've got a whole mess on your hands oh this is happen this is happening already in the persian community Okay, so, you know, I would, as I said, I wouldn't be comfortable with somebody who has had many, many, many sexual partners, but I would probably much rather be with somebody who has, you know, tried, who's had a couple relationships or had, a, you know, a few sexual experiences or whatever, you know, figured out a little bit about what she likes and what she doesn't and doesn't have that urge to go seek it somewhere else. Because I don't want to have that situation on my hands where she feels like she hasn't had enough experience. And yeah, then she and then you carry year. this guilt. Yeah, and plus I get cheated on. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. word. You know, my re- I was in a relationship with somebody for four years. We dated all four years of her college from when she was a freshman to when she graduated senior year. And after she graduated senior year, she broke up with me. We had a beautiful relationship and it was really happy and everything was wonderful. But the reason she broke up with me was she felt that there was more out there for her. She wanted Mm -hmm. to date other guys. She wanted to travel the world. She wanted to have more sexual experiences. I was her first everything. You know, she wanted to, she felt like if she stayed with me until we got married or whatever, that she wouldn't have experienced enough. Now, you know, 
that was very a hard, very hard pill for me to swallow, um, and I didn't particularly agree with it at the time, but that was the way that she felt, and I couldn't deny. That's valid. I couldn't deny her desire, you know, whether I agree with it is my own problem. Yeah. But I, I couldn't deny her desire to go seek that. Well, like, good for and, her. Like, better ending it than cheating on you and wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yes. mature, actually. Yeah. So these are all very complicated things. And when we talk about this stuff, Millie and Natalie, like, we talk in generalizations of course not every woman is the same not every guy is the same mm-hmm. yeah you know there are always exceptions to the rule but there are a lot of patterns that i see there are patterns that i see make people happy and fulfilled and there are patterns that i see contribute to people's distress so they are generalizations but i think a lot of the time it's true yeah. well i feel like we touched a lot of good points this for episode. sure yeah <laughs> this is like probably our longest episode today. i know seriously I wow know. oh my god almost an hour and a half damn and thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity no thank you for coming on i'm glad yeah. we finally got around to recording and getting to speak with you and and thank you for your on. male perspective yeah <laughs> anytime um my my instagram is just my name kevin Nahai, and I respond to all messages within 24 hours. If, if anybody has any questions, you can always reach out. It'll be 100% confidential. So if anyone hears anything and you want to follow up with me, please. And he's please also single. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying Thanks, to cut cigar. We're, tr- we're trying to cut cigar up in this bitch. I know. Do it. Cut cigar. It wouldn't be personal podcast. <laughs> we weren't hostigaring. Also, I love that we have this background music for our exit to the episode. It's like yeah, <laughs> I love the episode of I love the thing on your guys' Instagram of you guys DJ. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we're such weirdos. Thank you though. Thank you. Alright, Kevin. Okay, so I'll chat with you guys soon. I hope we have another episode in the books in the future. Yeah, yes, definitely. we would love to have you back. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye, Kevin. Okay. Bye, guys. As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.